Hey everyone, Jay here. I just wanted to say that we've got some really cool artwork for this episode, so you're going to want to click through to the show notes to check out the full version of the image, which we'll be showing in your podcatcher right now. Our thanks go out to Yuri Keynes on Twitter for working with us to create this piece of art. Anyway, on with the show. What could it it's, be? It's just a euphemism, I'll just leave it at that. Okay, fair enough. The furry controller, there we you, go. You're <laughs> listening, you tell us what furry controller means. My question to you is, what other uh, mini consoles should there be? You know, we've had the PlayStation, we've had the SNES, we've had the NES. Should a, and, and a Mega Drive, should uh, a company decide that they want to, you know, license out the technology for another mini console, mm. what would it be? We've got the Commodore 64 Mini, the C64 coming out. I believe there's one for an Atari 2600 and an Amiga on the go like yeah. being designed in that. But what else should they be? Should they be like a, I don't know, a Nintendo 64? Should they be a Dreamcast, a Sega Saturn? What should they be? For me, no. Because <laughs> I wasn't particularly interested in the, the systems. But yeah. you mentioned of the Amiga and the Commodore 64. That that would be, that would be uh, interesting for me. Uh, personally, because mm. uh, I remember liking a lot of those games that were available, but because because uh, I never had a Saturn or a Dreamcast, so I didn't really know what I was missing. Uh, obviously, you know, I'd enjoy the um, GoldenEye uh, for, from the N sixty four, as would everyone else. I would I would imagine, but um, mm. other than that, I, I'm probably indifferent about about um if, if there if there's any more minis it, it would mix it would be nice if if a system would have all the stuff that you wanted it on but i, I take your point that companies want to make a separate mini for each for each one but it'd be nice yeah. if they're all congealed into one so, <laughs> so so um i don't know call it the for the what could give it a name what's that name squid you know, like a the micro mini the micro mini or the yeah, the mini mini, the, the mini, mini and uh, but yeah, yeah, um, <laughs> micro but, mini micro. Yeah. I like the sound of the Amiga one though. But what sort of games were, were, were they were they planning on on on? Uh, oh, it, it, it's it's essentially on. just a we're plan we're in the early stages of creating something. You know, it's not there's uh, nothing there yet. But it's not like proof know. concept type thing. Yeah, no. um, there's a Neo Geo mini. There is oh. a Typographic uh, sixteen. That's Amazon exclusive. Yeah. Yeah, I forgot that even existed. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I, I don't see the. It'd be nice to see that, I think. Uh, but whereas if I'd go out and actually buy one, I don't. Mind you, they're hard to come by, aren't they? I mean, I can't. Uh, I can't seem to find it. And there's well in the shop. So, yeah, hey, you've got one, but um, <laughs> but I, I've not seen any in the shops. The Nez on the stairs. Because the price. That's why. Yeah, how much are they for a? At least double the normal price. Oh really? Mm. The the um, SNES Classic was 
Well, it's just catching on the people style, bought, buying them in hordes and then selling them ridiculous prices. Yeah. Yeah. What's yeah. really interesting is that just before Christmas, Arcade Attack released an episode about the mini consoles, mm-hmm. and um, they—I think it was—I think it was Adrian who'd said that, or it may have been Dylan that said that when they got their NES Classic, mm-hmm. they bought it—you know—a week after release or whatever. Yes. And what had happened was they were so scarce. Like Nintendo went through an intentional scarcity program, you know, like how Sony does every year when they release their consoles, they only yes. produce X amount of them. Right. Yeah. And they did that specifically with the NES classic. Cause part of it was, we don't know whether it's going to sell. And part of it was, if it does sell, we want it to sell really well. Yeah. Uh, the problem with that was that I think, it, like I said, I think it's Dylan or it may have been Adrian said that when they bought theirs, they bought it for 200 plus pounds. Right. Yeah. And when they came out, they retailed at eighty nine ninety nine. Mm, yeah, because you know just... people were buying them in bulk and then selling them on because no one wanted to um, how do I put it yeah people were buying them and selling them on because everybody desperately wanted one yeah yeah, yeah. scalpers it's a yeah, shame it. isn't it it is a shame that that's happened um, which is why I tend not to if, if there's a scarcity for, uh, just wait yeah I just can't be bothered with it, it mm-hmm. it's um because you know, because you know, you can get ripped off, don't you? It's, um, I mean, if you really want it, I suppose, and you're prepared to pay for it, I suppose you've made that decision yourself, haven't you? But it, it just seems very, it just leaves a bad taste in your mouth, doesn't it? When, when, when you've knowingly paid heavily over the price for for for, for a product, it just think, mm. and they, they aren't that good, are they? They're not. They're not worth two and. They're not worth 200, 200 quid, no. I mean, ah. it's, it's just not. I mean, what was on there? Mario, Mario Which Skipping? Or... Which one? <laughs> SNES, SNES, sorry, yeah. SNES. Yeah. Um, Mario Skipping. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, with the with the SNES Classic, it had a really good lineup. It had, like, Switches, yeah. Street Fighter. It's got Star Fox 1 and Star Fox 2. Star Fox 2 yeah, never actually got released. It was finished, but it never got finished. Uh, never got released. Sorry, it was. I, I heard that the PlayStation one was terrible. Oh, well, oh, yeah. the, the, the lineup of it was not. Yeah, oh, yeah. PS1, so, yeah. PS1, I mean, yeah. you did have some absolute belters on there. You had Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid, oh. Gran Turismo, Grand Theft Auto, Man. Um, problem was that the emulation was so terrible, and and they didn't even write. Okay, so uh, because I wrote the article, I read into it. Right, Nintendo have a subsidiary based in Paris called Nintendo Europe Research and Development which has a wonderful acronym of NERD. And, um, and so what Nintendo did was they spent some money developing the hardware and yeah. then told NERD, here are each of the individual games, write a single emulator for each one such that it perfectly emulates the game. Yeah, And they did that for the NES Classic and the SNES yeah. Classic. They needed to do it for the SNES Classic because they needed to emulate the Super FX chip and the Mode 7 and all that kind of stuff, yeah. the specific features that yeah. were provided as chips on the ROMs, right? Uh, on the on the chips on the cartridge, right? Whereas what Sony did was they went, why don't we produce the cheapest hardware possible? Use a free to use, free to download, generic uh, purpose PlayStation emulator that people have put years of their life into creating yeah. for free. <laughs> put it into a box, 
yeah. and sell it for profit. And yeah. what they actually, so what they did was they decided for some reason that regardless of where you bought the PlayStation Classic in the world, regardless of where you bought it, some of those games would be the European games and some would be the American games. So Final Fantasy VII and Tekken Three were the European versions of the game. So they run at 50 hertz, whereas things like uh, Gran Turismo runs at 60 hertz. So the games, some of the games ran physically slower than the others. (laughs) And that's just because of the way the games were made. Then you look at the emulator, right? So the emulator that was written, the version of the emulator that they used was an old version of the emulator from like 2015 or something stupid like that. So there were still three years of development that had gone into this emulator that they weren't using. So games like Rayman, which are, um, for want of a better word, a pixel art game, similar to what you would find on a SNES or a Mega Drive or anything earlier than that. It wasn't a 3D game, 2D pixel art game, right? It looks terrible. It's stretched. It's not filtered nicely. It's very pixely. Although if you play the game on the same emulator on your machine, it looks gorgeous, <laughs> so it's like what have you, have you they've literally they've done everything that they can to make this run as shoddily as possible because <laughs> those same titles are available on the PSN yeah that's right yeah right? and then yeah. you factor into it so I'm going to explain a little bit about I'll use an analogy to explain how encryption works right so folks tore the machine apart and found out oh, wow there's this there's this port on there. It looks a bit like a USB port. It's not quite, but maybe I can c- create a cable to connect directly to the device and communicate with it. Turns out you can. Um, systems encrypted though. Okay, fair enough. I'll just have a look around on the file. Oh, wait, there's the decryption key. So they left the decryption key on the device rather than having some remote thing that is on a server somewhere like they did with the NES Classic and SNES Classic and all the other, any other game that you download that has DRM on it, the decryption key is on a server somewhere and you pay for access to that decryption key. Essentially what they'd done was they'd locked the house and left the key in the door and then sold you the house. (laughs) Right? Right. So then then people figured out how to decrypt it because there's the decryption key. They decrypt it and it's just literally... ISO files that they've downloaded from ROM websites oh. and dumped on there. That's, that's that's horrible, really, isn't it? Yep. That's horrible. Yep. Oh. Least of effort required. That is... Um, Whereas my mini of choice, let's go screaming back to the oh, yeah, point, okay. would be a SNES Mini Mini. Okay. And I call it the SNES Mini Dinky Doo. <laughs> the SNES and Mini. You'd, you'd have an up, down, and A only. You have to play all the games like that. <laughs> That'd be it. So it's more of a challenge than a minute miniature content. So, yeah, it just sounds like I you've mean. sold to someone half a product. <laughs> <laughs> SNES Mini Dinky Doo is not the worst of what's only did. Well, yeah, probably true. Yeah. Least amount of effort put in. Just give half the half the um Half the pad, same game. See if you do it one button. Bloody Sony, it's not very good, is it? Sorry, yeah. <laughs> I hope not for you. When it's <laughs> <very bad laughs> I'm not really a fanboy. I just, I just, yeah, right. I just have it. I've, it's more like a TV for me. 
you know you buy it uh, maybe not a TV you just sit there and stare at the console, <laughs> at the console. <laughs> do something no, I, I think of it as, as a tool like a fork so like 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 um, I've just got this image of you yeah. trying to use a PS4 as a fork. No, maybe eat, I'm not the super the PS4. You just like so so I don't I don't have to have a brand of fork. Yeah, and so I want to play a game. I just I just put the PlayStation on. It should be synonymous with game machine. Right. So if you have so, a, a console exclusive to the Xbox One, it's no longer a fork. It's like a foreign fork. Yeah, it's like, like you can't understand the instructions. Oh, it's like one of these like. Dessert spoon, like, like a something. boomerang yeah, spoon. Yeah, you don't want to knock your yeah, teeth well, out. What's it, yeah. going on here? I've lost a point. I don't think I've got a point. That's that's, that's, that's <laughs> the thing. Now, what I mean is, do you know how? Um, oh, what's the? Do, do you know something that's taken over as? Um, uh, this is a good one, right? So, so like, um, like a Walkman, right? We now call you call it a Walkman as a thing, but it's actually Cerny's name for that product. So yeah, it, yeah, what I mean yeah. is, I think of a PlayStation as synonymous with sort of like a a console gaming machine. Yeah, it, it should be the word that you use for that, like um, like good, for example. Um, but, but, <laughs> just joking. Have, have a, a Sony dear. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It should be the same as like. Um, but that that's just because I've just always used this stuff. It's not that I like them more than anything. It's just that oh, I need to. You're relying on more than oxygen in your lungs. Yeah, well, let's hope not. They'll, they'll <laughs> bloody charge me for that as well, won't they? But yeah, it's a so, live service. So yeah, <laughs> so you may get the wrong impression that I dislike um, uh, Xbox and like Sony. It's none of, it's not that at all. I dislike them both, but it's just <laughs> in equal measure. Yeah, in equal measure. Yeah. It's just like you like Xbox, and I think it's funny to. It's just there. I've got both. It's awful, side isn't it? I mean, look at it. I mean, look at it. Yeah, I'm looking at it now, and the Xbox just looks very, very ugly. Whether's well, the you think well, that's bad, right? You think <laughs> that's bad? Get Squidge to to show you the promo shots of the new Xbox. Oh, oh really? No, no the the the, yeah, the door stop. On the we free. are going to do this live, Squidge. Do it. Get your phone and do a Google for the the new Xbox. So, so that the um, chief can see them because I'm going to presume you haven't seen it. No, no, I haven't. Does it look nice? Does it not look nice? So, I mean, yeah. Uh, just do new Xbox 2020 into images.google. He's doing it now. He's okay. um, using his phone, phone wizardry. Uh, yeah, it's from xbox.com. Bear with me. But yeah, I, I really want to. The- there you go. <laughs> Just a, just a block, isn't it? Yeah, the PS5 looks better to V. No, well, that guy from Space Invaders. Exactly. I mean, they're all equally Maybe terrible. Maybe that's what it is. The PS5 is the aliens from Space Invaders and the Xbox are them <laughs> shooting it at the bottom. I, I also take the slight offence that, you know, like um, how Xbox have put their joysticks not on a level... Am I explaining this badly? It's, it's, did yeah, you do another thing? Yeah, they're not on the same level. level. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know, but but it just offends this me. There's four consoles in, they never have it, It's just, that's where my hands normally are. It's one of them's further up. I will give you that. The, the, <laughs> the Sony pad is easy to play first. Well, very. I will give you that, but exactly. nothing else. Exactly. But yeah, that's the new Xbox. To be honest, I've. Again, I, I don't ever care what any of these things. Well, no, you, but, you won't. But, but you then, won't care what it is until someone buys you one for Christmas. Maybe. No, no, I, like I, I, just, I just sent it back. I said, no, I don't want that. So, I'll, I'll have the one that's a space invader. Please, I'll have that one. To be honest, I might not buy the PS Five. It'll probably. I'll, I'll wait years and years after it. 
Unless it comes out with something you, brilliant. You're just looking at me thinking, like, well, you're going to get one. I'll just wait. I'll just, yeah, I'll just come round. Always, always a good piece of advice to never buy a console at launch. In fact, there's a whole parental floss song all about it, but never buy a console at launch because... 3DS it, and Switch, I learned my lesson with them too. It will it will be optimised, will it? Or, or they'll, they'll be... They'll... There's there's no titles for it, and the titles yep. that already are coming out for it will be um, rehashes of the titles you already own on the previous generation. They'll be marked with HD or remaster or something to make you believe that it's worth buying it, when all they've done is just yeah. recompiled the game, stuck it on a disc, and thrown it out there for the, for the new console. Made it a bit brighter. Made it a bit yeah. brighter. <laughs> right? And then on top of that, like you said, the operating system won't be finished, so... Parts of the the features that are advertised won't be there to begin mm-hmm. with, or they'll require a multi gigabyte download on the day of release. That'd so you may though. as well wait three to six months after a console comes out mm-hmm. to then have. Is it worth waiting the refined longer? Version. I, I was thinking in years. Well, let's uh, face it: if you wait three to six months, they'll actually have the console in stock. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, I was thinking at least three to six months. Yes. And then yes. by that point, by the point you get to a year, there's already a stable of games available for it. And if you desperately want to play the new game on the new console, then I'm sure you can wait, or one of your friends will have it, and you pop around to their house and try it out, and then realize it's crap and it's not yep. worth the the eight hundred pound investment. But where? Yep. And then you find out six months in, oh, no, you need to buy a brand new TV because there's a new mm. resolution that it outputs at. And then you They'll also bring the second iter- iteration of it. Yeah, out, like the, the second exactly. switch that's quieter. Yeah, it runs so better. you may as well get that one, haven't you? You what have to remember, so. you have to remember that um, no video game company makes money on the consoles. Actually, no, the only video game company that does make money on their consoles is Nintendo, but they do it for a different reason. Sony and uh, Microsoft, and to a lesser extent when they were still in it, Sega, would um, go into the red to produce the console at a huge amount of cost because then they license the ability for you to release your game on their platform. So yeah. if you want to release a game on the PlayStation, you've got to pay Sony a bunch of money up front before they'll yes. let you burn a disc or put it onto their uh, network. Store, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Nintendo work a slightly different way these days with the Switch because they, the Switch, whilst it is a physical console where you can buy the cartridges, they are moving the Switch towards a digital-only um, mm-hmm. in a digital-only direction to the point where if you want to produce a video game for the Switch, um, I've kind of looked into it. If you want to produce a video game for the Switch, you have to agree to a certain number of cartridges to be burnt. And right. to make those cartridges costs a lot of money. So it instantly costs you more to produce your game if you want to do it as a physical release. So you have to pay the license right. to release it to the to the Switch. And then you've got to pay for the physical creation of the cartridges. So that's why a lot of games are going digital only or they're going through don't, don't you think i mean i mean this is an interesting topic for me yeah. because um I, I am always a physical only user if possible obviously this it's not always possible and, and obviously Jay, you being on the tech side you i'm guessing you're going to be more supportive of the of the uh digital only thing but generally i prefer the option of a physical copy just as a customer, because because I have it then, and I, and I, I don't I don't like this threat of um, will we be able to use it should the company go go bust or whatever? Uh, whereas I, if I have the physical disc, I know I can play it forever, probably. I agree with you completely, except that we're moving more towards 
the direction of because the game requires access to one-line features or needs to dial home every now and again to ensure that it is a legit copy, mm-hmm. even those physical copies are still going to end up in a position where you can't play them. Oh. Because the server will get turned off or because the company yeah. will go under. Um, I see. Yeah, yeah. So it wouldn't make, even make a difference. Yeah, and that's the exact same position. Like you you mentioned there, what if the server gets turned off? What if the license expires? So and it perfect example of that is a number of years ago, I want to say three or four years ago, the book 1984 um, Mm -hmm. was on the Kindle store and you could buy it. um, And then Amazon's license to sell it on the Kindle store expired and they didn't renew it. At which point everyone who had a Kindle that was connected to Wi-Fi at that point had that copy of that book removed from their device, although they had paid for it. (gasps) So what happened? It was, it was removed from the device. You can't, that's it. You're done. You've paid your four pounds for the copy of the book. Even if you bought it five minutes before, a day before, a week before, a year before, if it was that copy of the book, it was removed from your Kindle because Amazon no longer had the rights to sell you that book. Would they refund it? Uh, they well, I suppose they would have had to if it was in certain time limits. I don't, I'm not sure how the law relates around refunds of stuff, but yeah, it's, it kind of set a precedent that yes, the thing that you because you have to remember that if you're buying it digitally, you're not buying the product. Like I have Super Mario uh, Odyssey on my Switch as a digital download, but yes. all I've got, I've got the files to run the game. But the only thing that I, I haven't actually bought those files, I've bought the license to play those files. Should I fall out with Nintendo? Should Nintendo fall out with me? Should my uh, anything that is in the end user agreement uh, become voided? The contract between me and Nintendo to allow me to play that game is then null and void. They can take that, that game. It, off it seems a very one-sided agreement, then, doesn't it? In, in that sense, that that you're not really. You, you're right. If that's exactly what the agreement means, but it's not advertised as so, is it? When you when you purchase a game on say any of the online stores, I mean, if it if it if it said that before every purchase, like explicitly. You'd, I think people would be a little more wary, wouldn't they? Oh, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And Because they're marking as is, this will be yours, aren't they? And and there's nothing wrong with their model of that, but it, it should be explicitly said that, well, you don't own this. Yes, but the problem uh, is that it comes down to uh, verbiage, comes down to the words you use. <laughs> like mm-hmm. um, the same thing can be said with iTunes, Google Music, um, Amazon mm-hmm. Music, whatever. There was a, a, I hate to use the phrase fake news, but there was a a, <laughs> a faked news story a few years back about uh, to, to draw attention to this, about how Bruce Willis had tried to sue Apple because he wanted to put it into his... Um, will that he could pass down the music he'd bought on iTunes to his children. Problem was a completely fabricated story, but it pointed mm-hmm. out the fact that you don't own the music that you buy on iTunes, on Apple Music, whatever you want to call it. You don't mm-hmm. own it. You own a license to play it, but that license is non-transferable and it's non-refundable. Yeah. So if you buy a song on Apple Music two years ago and then it turns out today that they want to pull that song from their from their catalog, or perhaps the record company says we want that song to go out of print, and hopefully you can hear the bunny quotes there. Um, they will just remove it from the catalog, which means it removes it from all of your devices. 
like that. Adjust That's quickens. not fair, is it? it I is, mean, well, you agreed um, to the EULA when you signed up to the service. Mm-hmm. Yes. That's the thing. It's not great, is it? It's I mean, I, I'm, I'm... To bring it back to video games, the, the Assassin's Creed games, all of them need to dial back to servers to make sure that this is a, you know, a legit copy of the game. Here's my whatever, my license key or something. Very soon, if not already, the first Assassin's Creed game is not going to work. Right. Because, you know, they will at some point, if they haven't already, turn the server off. If the server gets turned off, the game presumes that either you've disconnected your internet because it's a non-legit copy of the game, or it assumes I'm not a legit copy of the game because I haven't had a success message back from the server. So I'll lock you out. Mm. That's not good, is it? No. Um, it's certainly not good for longevity. It's more for the here and now. Oh, definitely. And, and and I mean, you can see both sides of the coin. As a as content creators, you can you mm. should be able to see both sides of the coin. Someone has to, if you want to be paid for the content that you create and you give out there for people to use, to consume, whatever, you mm-hmm. need a way of ensuring that the people who get your content are the people who have paid for it. So on the one hand, I think DRM is a good idea because it helps to uh, make sure that the legitimate purchasers get it. But as the example I'll always give, the example I will always give is Sonic Generations for PC. Squidge bought me it for my birthday one year and I was like, oh, brilliant. I've wanted to play this for ages because I love the early Sonic games. I love the aesthetic of the new one and I want to give it a try. And I got the game out put the disc in because it's a Steam game. So you put the disc in, it runs through the installer, it installs the game, then it pulls down all the updates. And then when you first boot it, it says, put in your, I don't know, 32-digit key or whatever. So I sit there, I type the key in. Nope, this game has already been registered. Hey, Squidge, did you buy this second hand? No, it's brand new. All right, have you still got the receipt? Why? Because it says that uh, this game is not a legit copy of the game. Oh, fair enough. So then I went through a song and dance with Steam to then be put through to Sega, to then be put through to someone at Sega UK, who, and it took a couple of days. And then eventually I passed over a copy of, I had to take a photograph of the receipt in the box um, next to the manual, which had the CD key in it. I then had to provide screenshots of me trying to enter the CD key for them for to be told that it was incorrect. All of that evidence had to then go through to Sega for them to go, Oh, yeah. And for them to kick the other player, the person who'd used a, I don't know, key generator or whatever, to allow me to play the game because Squidge had legitimately bought it for me. The problem is that it always harms the legitimate end consumer. It never harms the person who has pirated or whatever, has stolen yep. whatever. It never harms them because because it's <laughs> easy to get around it. Yes. Yeah. Mm, I agree. And the same thing it's with a, um, Warhammer 40k Dawn of War, right? The, uh, the very first game doesn't require online activation, but the disc does have a challenge and response in the form of a CD key. Problem is, my physical copy of the game has a character yeah. missing from the CD key. Oh. So instead of it being an 18 long character CD key, it's 17 characters. It's not going to work, is it? It's <laughs> never going to work. Ugh. It's... But then what I do is, if I desperately want to play it, I have to buy it again on Steam. 
to yeah. be able to actually download it. But then what happens when the license runs out on that? I've then paid for the game twice and I can't play it. It's it's upsetting, isn't it? It is. It is. It is upsetting. It is. I mean, from my point of view, I I, I just wish everything was on disc, hmm. and um, but I, I, there'd be no DRM or sort of like a you know you always online sort of sort of thing. So that it would just from from my point of view that that would be better. But 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 that's just what I'm used to. Um, I understand your points about well stopping people from. Get, getting a illegitimate copy of your game, but I don't know how you'd go around and stop that with if it was just physical copies. Surely, is, is, would, wouldn't it be worse to have lots of digital copies flying about? I mean, the physical copy you've actually got actually physically have to have the disc, don't you? Wouldn't that be better? Or, or am, I, am I just not? Well, it worried? depends if you think how Steam works. If you've got a physical copy, that's a disc you've got. Hmm. See, so you lose a disc, what then? Well, that's your fault. Um, but with Steam, you yeah. can log on. Say if you upgrade your PC and you've got a new PC, yeah. you log on to the new PC with Steam and your library's already there ready to download. Yeah, that, I, I mean, it's the, probably a necessary sense. evil, it's, isn't it? But, but if you think about it, especially the size of my Steam library, can you imagine me having all them discs on the wall? Y- yeah, the problem is mm. that it's it's similar to an encryption decryption, right? At some point, okay. at some point, it needs to be decrypted for you to be able to view it. So, like, what you don't realize happens on DVDs and Blu rays is that the contents of the disc are encrypted. And um, mm-hmm. when you drop your, and this is another thing, right? This has actually happened. Okay, so the Blu ray consortium. I love that we're talking about DRM because it's got nothing to do with video games, but it's super interesting to me anyway, right? So the, DC, <laughs> the Blu-ray consortium are a bunch of companies like Sony and MGM, maybe not MGM because they kind of don't exist anymore, but Sony and uh, Fox and all of the big movie production companies and all of the hardware production companies, the companies that make the Blu-ray players, right? To make a Blu-ray player, you have to pay some money to the Blu-ray consortium, right? Because the technology involved in playing a Blu-ray disc involves encrypting the content of the disc. So let's say you create a Blu-ray player, right? To be able to play any Blu-ray disc in the world, you need to pay a license to the Blu-ray consortium, right? This is where you can't really buy Blu-ray players anymore, right? So you pay, you pay a license to the Blu-ray consortium. The Blu-ray consortium then give you a decryption key, which you then physically burn into all of your devices. You have to then sign a license that says that I will never expose my Blu-ray description key to anyone ever. And if I do, I then have to deal with the fact that none of my devices will ever play Blu-ray discs again. Oh, right. So, and because they're all connected to the web, you that you as a consumer then go out and Blu-rays have just come out or Blu-rays have yeah. just started coming out. You go out and you buy yourself a £70, £80, £90, £120, pounds worth of Blu-ray playing device. You plug it into your TV and it says, connect me to the internet. And we're at the beginning of the internet of things. So you go, yeah, all right, I'll connect to the internet. You'll get extra bonus features for your DVDs when you play them. Oh, brilliant. Okay. So you plug your Blu-ray in. You then forget about that because you don't realize that the content on the disc is not being, you're not getting extra content from the web, but whatever. You forget about that. Then the manufacturer of the Blu-ray DVD player falls out with the Blu-ray consortium 
And this has actually happened. They fall out with the Blu-ray consortium. Maybe they've released their Blu-ray key, or maybe they've just had an argument with the group, or something has happened and they've fallen out with them. The Blu-ray consortium released then a patch to all Blu-ray players that says, Mm. don't decrypt if you use this decryption key. Or they can then say, right, all of the new Blu-rays from today onwards will have a slightly different encryption uh, system such that this one um, player can't unlock the contents of the disc. Right. So then as a consumer, you as a consumer, you now have a £120 piece of plastic wrapped, uh, metal, sorry, wrapped in plastic and a bunch of DVDs that you can no longer play. (laughs) Mm. So, like I said, I am all for DRM. I'm all for some way of figuring out that the the end user is protected and that thieves and pirates and whatever are not. Yep. Problem is, it is so easy to get around that because as soon as once you have that decryption key, that's all you need to watch the Blu-ray DVD. Yep. I remember I have a Blu-ray drive in my PC tower, mm. and it was only so like Blu-ray started kicking up steam around 2006 2007 2008 as like a like a legitimate technology for movies by 2011 there was a product that you could buy for 50 dollars not even that now i think it's dropped now to like 11 dollars where you drop the blu-ray disc into your computer so the way that it works with with pcs is you had to buy a specific subset of um, blu-ray media player software so that that had the encryption the decryption key burnt into the software right so you could watch them on your pc by the time 2011 came out you could buy a piece of software that you would run when you drop the disc in and it would just literally decrypt the contents of the the disc and dump it to your hard drive okay because by the by the time that the contents is decrypted you have the video the video has to be decrypted before you can watch it Mm-hmm. And the same with mm-hmm. um, any kind of DRM uh, games or music. It all has to be yeah. unencrypted. The DRM has to be stripped by by the, the legal um, yeah. way. Yes, that's right. The PlayStation yeah. itself has to decrypt the game for you to be able to play it. I mean, ultimately, obviously, I, I, I cannot comment for the technical side of it because I, 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 I don't, simply don't know as much as yourself on, on how this technically works but from from an end user point of view it's that ultimately what 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 I've, I've heard you talk about is that ultimately control rests with the company and not the consumer mm-hmm. um and that is its problem from my point of view because whenever they decide for a legitimate reason or a non-legitimate reason they can decide to remove that access from you and the problem is you've and i'm talking basically about games or or, or or any 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 format DVD whatever anything that you've paid in good faith for that you think you're going to have access to indefinitely, well that's simply not true, isn't it? it, it from mm-hmm. this point of view, because the for whatever reason that company that sold you it, um, they could remove that access on their whim, and there's nothing you can do about that initially. I mean, there may be a legal challenge to that later on, but physically. There's nothing you can do about that, is there? And I think any sort of measure like that that's that's placed on the end user, I think should be made explicit or shouldn't be there at all. 
I suppose I, I'm looking from only the point of view that most benefits the customer at the end. And I, I am aware that, you, you know, there's, there's problems for developers and the, the people who own this stuff. But to put it bluntly, <laughs> that's not the consumer's problem. And if you're not going to sell a product that's entirely for the customer, I don't think you should be allowed to sell it at all. Maybe possibly, um, you know, we, we, we want the sort of like game development process to go as smoothly as possible and, you know, uh, people to buy stuff as, as easily as possible. But I think um, with, the, with all the sort of like the ability to buy stuff digitally, I think consumers are giving away a lot of their rights, like without knowing that. And it's only coming when they have a problem that they realise this, that they end up, oh, this is not what I really thought it was going to be. Mm. And and if the if the owners of the games and stuff are scrupulous and you know and acting on good faith, I don't really think there's a problem. But I think we're, we're entering entering a, an era where the, the games industry and the entertainment media industry as general. <laughs> are not really shown in the best light. Mm. Um, and to place that trust on them, I'm, I'm not entirely sure I want to do that, <laughs> is, is basically it. I mean, if, if, if you, I mean, personally, if it was, um, if uh, GAU were developing the game and you requested that, I'd be happy to do that. But, but that's because I trust that you're going to be, you're going to have the end users um, and my interest at, at heart as well. But I, I don't believe that to be true of, of all games developers, shall we say? And that, that's probably <laughs> that's probably Sorry, where, <laughs> that's really probably where I have my problem. But um, I don't think we'll solve that one. But um, that, that's let me give you an let me give you a real example uh, from my own personal history. Mm. Right, a number of years ago, the BBC offered a service where you could effectively buy digital versions of their TV shows. I forget the name of the service, Mm. right? It was kind of like the iPlayer, but differently. So for our international audiences, if you don't know what the iPlayer is, the iPlayer is a BBC service where you could watch, it used to be seven days worth of TV on catch up over the web. So you could go, oh, I've missed this week's episode of whatever and watch it two days later via your computer. Now that was a effectively free service because it's covered by your TV license. The whole thing gets really complicated when I bring in the TV licensing issue. So let's leave that to one side. This service, I've honestly can't remember what it was called, but you could browse their entire back catalog. They uploaded all of their content to this one service and you could buy individual episodes or whole series of of their shows. So I went and bought uh, Porridge series one to three and the first two series of a TV show called Ooglies. Mm. And the idea was you could download it whenever you Well, yeah. (laughs) The idea was you could then stream the episodes whenever you wanted, or you could download and I think it was an MP4, which is one of the most uh, common video formats or whatever. You could download the file and then it's yours forever. Problem was um, a year in, they realized that, oh, wait, someone's managed to download the entire content of all of our programs. So we kind of have to shut the service down like forever, Um, but we'll give you 24 hours notice. So you can then go and download all of your TV shows. And I didn't get that email until after they'd shut off the service. Oh, okay. 
So what you bought? So I'd spent, defunct now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'd spent money on a service buying the rights to some stuff. Mm. Because remember, it's not the physical content. Yeah. You're buying the license. You're paying the license yeah. fee. You're buying the rights for it. So you're absolutely right that at some point we're going to enter a situation where mm. the media that you have legitimately paid for isn't available yeah. because... And- well, that's the, ultimately my is, problem with it. It's just like, as far as you know, if if as far as I'm aware, um, the you know the PlayStation Free games I've got will work if I turn it on and uh, stick it in and play it. it. But the the problem there is we haven't had a situation where, it, so it's because you're buying them via a third party, fourth party, fifth party, whatever. Um, if you were buying the game directly from Ubisoft to play on the Ubisoft console, oh, wow. there would never be a problem because Ubisoft don't have to sign a license with Ubisoft to release a game for the Ubisoft console. Right. But because yep. you Assassin's Creed, which is made by Ubisoft, but licensed via Sony for the PlayStation, is, uh, if Ubisoft and Sony ever fell yes. out, then there is precedent and a way for Sony to stop all copies of Assassin's working Creed, physical system, or yeah. digital, from working on their system. Uh, that is annoying, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. So basically, let's just not buy any video games from now on. I mean, it, I think it, it's just a necessary evil, isn't it? You've, you've, you, you accept that this is going to Oh, it, you yeah, can't do anything about it. If you want to enjoy your, your game, you can enjoy it now, but it doesn't necessarily mean you'll, you'll be able to play it later, yeah. which, which is a shame because obviously, no, I, I've, you know, I, I like it when I just buy a game and I can play it. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I think, I think that it, it's a, it's an industry problem because we as the consumers for, of the content that's created in this industry have, for the longest time, been a forward-moving consumer group. We've gone, yeah, we'll buy the next one. We'll buy the the latest and greatest. We'll buy the new one. And then in six months' time when it doesn't work, or in less than two months' time, (coughs) WWE 2020, and it doesn't work, (laughs) then we don't have to worry about it because we've gotten a number of years of play out of it, Mm. you know. But if you went to, if you went to a toy retailer and bought a board game, Mm. but it had a shelf life and only would work, you could only play it for a month, two months, three months, and then the game disintegrated or whatever, we'd be up and up. Well, I mean, that's my point. Ultimately, I think you've put it there better than I have. Mm. It's just, I don't want my product to disintegrate into, into the ether. <laughs> um, mm. and and that that's it i mean mm. i mean you can't get around that can you you just no. can't get around it you can't not can't not unless not until and this will never happen but not until um each video game production house has its own video game console oh. like i said ubisoft can't fall out with ubisoft no That'd be a nightmare. It'd be fun trying, though, wouldn't it? I wonder how they do that. (laughs) Well, Ubisoft, you get the shell and they have to pay DLC to get the the processor and the pads would be each button's extra. You know, and then the rest of it would be loot boxes to get the entire console. I mean, at that point, I'd probably work on the console. I'll be be going back. What would I do? Probably just... um, I'll I'll get batteries and I'll stick to my Game Boy. I'll come on play for the rest of my life. That's it. Yeah, we're... 
we're we're going to enter into a very strange period of time where it's already started to happen. Where like Nintendo, the a lot of Nintendo's internal budget goes on. How do we get these older games onto our newer consoles? Mm-hmm. Like the is it the Wii Arcade or something? Nintendo Arcade yeah, or whatever. Wii-ware. It's called WiiWare, I think. Yeah, exactly. Right? The WiiWare or whatever to get all of the older games onto the Nintendo Wii. The the NES and SNES classics on the Nintendo Wii because people will pay for them. And yeah, all right. I kind of begrudge having to pay four or five pounds every time I buy a new console just to play Sonic 2 mm. because I'm not going to play it for more than 10 minutes because I'm not going to do nice that. It's nice to have that but there are people, isn't it? That, that, that's, mm, what yeah. that's what they're pinning it on. But yeah, yeah. And, and there are people who will legitimately do that. But the moment that Sega falls out with Nintendo, mm. your Sonic 2 is gone. Then you rely on ROMs. And then you you screwed. Yeah, th- this is making me like it Ooh. a lot. I mean, I, I, I'm I'm still predominantly against digital only services anyway. I mean, it's just it's just mm. um, that's just my preference, really. Coming from the guy who bought the expanse on DVD the other month. Yeah, on on, on the, yeah, I, I like the, the expanse is excellent. <laughs> We did mention it the last time that you were on, we? Chief. When we said, "Yeah, we were talking," we we were talking about something similar. We we'd said about um, how I remember I'd said that once you have, because we use Game of Thrones as an example, oh. once you have the Game of Thrones season five or whatever on Blu-ray D- DVD, yeah. you have it. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, yeah, they, the company can't charge you for it again. Mm. Whereas then they release the Blu-ray, oh. and you're like, "Oh, this is better quality. It's got you know extra features, mm. and it's totally worth another forty pounds <laughs> or twenty pounds or whatever." Thoughts. And then they release, yeah, well, yeah. And then they release the whole series, and you're like, "Well, I've only got one to five. Yes, I don't want to have to buy the other three individually. Mm. Oh, but this new box set comes with an extra couple of discs features. Well, mm. I may as well buy that." Chief, how many copies of Game of Thrones series one to three do you own physical? Just because well, a new boxing. Well, I've I've curbed it, but I earned two, basically. <laughs> so basically, I got Game of Thrones season one on its own when it first came out. So I was there before it was popular. Right. Here popular. we go. <laughs> Here we <laughs> go. Before all these lot came on. So oh, I like Game of Thrones. I was there. Listen. I was there. Listen, Zuma. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. So um, what I'm trying to say but, is, I didn't build. The, I, I didn't. I didn't didn't join the bandwagon as such. But anyway, I got one copy of that and then someone got me season one and two box set for Christmas. And then I just stopped. I just thought, right, let's wait until the end of the... Because otherwise I would just end up with... Let's wait seven years and get the whole thing in one box. Yeah, exactly. Think, I didn't realise yeah. this was going to happen. And now I've seen the end. Most... I've decided not to buy any of them at all. So... Oh, actually, that's not the true. Most... I bought three and four the other day. <laughs> <laughs> but the most important question to ask you, Chief, is how many copies of the Game of Thrones Xbox game do you have? None. There you go. <laughs> None. Because the Xbox is an awful... <laughs> Shots fired. Shots fired. Do you remember, Squidge? What was the name of the company that um, distributed the Game of Thrones game in the UK? Was it Dick Entertainment or something? It was Cock Media. That's the one, Cock Media. Yeah, Yeah, that's the only reason I bought it, just for a laugh, a throwaway gag. Now, technically it's Koch Media because it's German, but yeah, it's Cock Media. uh, (laughs) K-O-C-H. But yes, to bring this back to a, a screaming back to video games... Right. What are you both looking forward to in the next, say, two or three months? Squidge. What? What two games? What two games? Two. We'll lock it down to two games because we've been going on for we ages. Are, we now. are. We are. So we've which, gone on. 
which two games are you both looking forward to in the next three well, months? I'll, well, so I'll give you mine. I'll one. give you mine, and they're going to be quick. So Final Fantasy VII Remake, Cyberpunk. There you go. I'm going to say the same, just for two reasons. One, if I don't say Final Fantasy VII, Lulu will kill me. And if I don't say Cyberpunk, ghashtag.com, Audrey will kill me. So I'm going to I'm gonna cover <laughs> my bases and say that, but what I'm really looking forward to is Resident Evil 3. But that's in bunny quotes because that's an extra because I'll I'll get killed if I don't see the first two. So yeah, I'm just covering it. I'm I'm see, making sure I don't die. Again, I think I have to quote Arcade Attack and say that they missed the trick by not releasing the Resident Evil 3 remake globally <laughs> on Resident Evil 3 yeah, Day. On September twenty eighth, they should have pushed it back just a few yeah. months. It it'd have been poetic. Oh. But then the, the problem is that they'd have missed out on all the hype. Yeah. If you you know, they've already announced it. And if and they've already pushed out an update to Resident Evil Two Remake to show Resident Evil Three Remake in the in the game, the, a file um, so that you can push a button yeah. and buy it. Yeah. Oh yeah, and the, so, the, the automatic buy thing. Yeah. Well, the yeah. Buy so, yeah. Well, for me, um, it's got to be Warriors Orochi uh, Four Ultimate on the Switch because I've already pre-ordered it and I can't wait for that to come out. That's going to be a physical uh, cartridge, which means that the day I get it and plug it into my Switch, there's going to be a four terabyte download, but that's fine. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, so it's got to be that. And I think as much as I'd like to play the Final Fantasy VII Remake, from the looks of how it played at EGX, it's very much a sort of Final Fantasy XV button masher type interface. Oh... So I'm not sure. That's really, I'm not sure. I, I, I was hoping you wouldn't say well, that. Well, actually, actually, I, th- I think I might be a bit of a troll, and um, I'm going to take back Cyberpunk. So oh. it's still, Final Fantasy. I'm looking forward to. And I'm also looking forward to Half Life Three. Another year of people going. Oh, is it confirmed? Because <laughs> why? <not? laughs> Half Because they'll never release it. Because they never have to. Because even if Valve never release Half-Life 3, people are still going to use Steam and Valve are still going to make a load of money on mm. Steam and you buying games on Steam. So they don't have Steam to. That's why they've never said anything mm. about it. They've never actually said Half-Life 3 is confirmed. Oh, no. It's just people get obsessed with it. I think it's just Gabe Null not be able to recognize the number three. So it's one, two, four, five, six, seven. Well, it must be that either that or one of his fingers got chopped off and he no longer camps three. Maybe we could design half. No, no, we're not going us. down that rabbit hole. Chief. <laughs> <laughs> I could have um, there's so many different memes and death threats down that road. All oh, right, no, we're not going to do that then. Fine. <laughs> not that we were capable of doing that in any case. It'll probably be, just, just probably be stick drawings. Yeah. yeah, we can make it as a mega yeah, Stick drawings know. and stuff. That's about. As far as my ass. Just tank goes. wars with three put on top of it, you know. <laughs> yeah, why not? Why not? For anyone who's managed to make it this far, oh, thank you ever so much for listening to another episode. And like Squidge just said, we are very yeah, sorry. Very, very sorry. Um, sorry about that. Yep. Yep. I'm, I'm sorry for going on the rant about DRM and explaining how it all works. And I'm kind of sorry for, you know, the whole Bogart in this, the entire conversation and sort of leading it in the direction that I wanted to go. Not only because I have, I has opinions, you know, uh, but I have the, the technical knowledge to back up those opinions. But, uh, yeah, you have gone and listened to the Waffle and Taylors. Um, because we didn't say it at the beginning of the show and I'm hoping Squidge can somehow splice it in with his magical editing fingers. Uh, we hope you've all had a happy new year. I hope that, uh, 
Chief has had a happy new year. I hope that Squidge has had a happy new year. I hope that all four of our listeners have had a happy new year. Slightly more than four. Yeah, yeah. I hope that everyone who listens (laughs) and everyone who sees the tweets and that have had a wonderful new year. And what are you looking forward to the most in 2020? I want to find that out. Let us know because I'm... I haven't keep been keeping an eye on the new releases as we go into 2020. So as far as I'm aware, there's only five games coming out next year. What should I be getting? Tell me, tell Squidge, tell Chief, let us know. And maybe we'll do an episode on which games we should buy. Um, I do know that I need to write a blog post. I've already promised it a bunch of times about the games that I have played on the Switch. And I think I'm maybe going to do it maybe every six months do a, a breakdown of these are the games I've played and this is what I've thought of them. <laughs> and maybe if people are interested, I'll make it into a yearly thing or a six monthly thing that I do uh, for the length of the life of the Switch. Maybe maybe by if we keep saying Nintendo Switch, we'll have to get the B back on. But if we keep saying Nintendo Switch, we'll get some of that lucrative Nintendo money. I don't know. I'd love to approach the B on, on, on um, the Nintendo stuff and get, give them a hard time on it. Well, that is a future podcast. <laughs> there you go. You just told us what the next couple of episodes of the podcast are going to be. Be (laughs) Well, uh, well, thank you again for having me on. Um, Thank you for so much, uh, Chief. I I realise that it is essentially four hours out of your afternoon, one afternoon, when you could be going and doing things that are fun or spending time with folks that you care about. (laughs) But you've uh, sat in a room with Squidge for three hours. Well, I've got some crisps over there that need finishing, so I I am itching to go get my crisps now. That's the rest of his day. I want a bag of crisps to be eaten. So, well, yes. Thank you for having me again. Excellent. Well, like I said, thank you very much, the both of you, for being on the show. Thank you ever so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, send us your thoughts and tweets, and maybe not your thoughts, but send us, um, tell, tell me what I should be looking forward to in 2020. So far, it's been pretty lackluster. There's Resident Evil 3, there's Cyberpunk 2077, there's Final Fantasy VII Remake, there's a bunch of HD remasters, probably, because... The new consoles are coming out. What should I be excited about? There's Resident Evil 3, there's Final Fantasy 7. What year is this? Yeah, right? <laughs> That's a really good point. <laughs> Final Fantasy 7 and Resident Evil 3 are coming out this year. What year is this? <laughs> Intro music is Behind the Lines by Ian Sutherland. Outro music is I Need You, Watashi no Sabate by GH. Spoiler break music is Spectral Subdiffusion Mix by Phonics. Palette cleansing music is Breathe Deep, Breathe Clear by Siobhan Gay. See the show notes for more details. The Waffling Tailors podcast is a proud member of the J&J Media Network. To find out more about J&J Media, head over to jayandjay.media or check the show notes for a link. I hate people who don't wash their hands in between controller eating, you know, eating and then there's, and then and they make your controller stick in. Yeah, like, fairy control. Yeah. Ah, you have to wipe it. <laughs> Just like... I have a case of fairy controller.